course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs, and uh, it is AFC Championship Week. Nick, we started this podcast uh, almost five years ago now, and every year. Well, I've had to deal with you that long. Oh my yes, you have. Well, longer than that. I mean, you were aware of my existence prior to. Yeah, aware of your existence and dealing with you every week are two very different things. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but, I mean, we started this podcast and the Chiefs have been to an AFC championship every game since. So I feel like, um, in, a, in a strange way, we're responsible. I mean, like, I guess the whole, like, Patrick Mahomes became the starting quarterback thing, like, probably has something to do with it. But, uh like, uh, you can't prove that it's not because we exist as a podcast. I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, I'm not going to be going out making t-shirts about it or anything, but I mean, really? I, I, like you know, five. I credit it all to Patrick Mahomes because <laughs> if he's not here, we're talking about how the chiefs can go find a new quarterback that, or Alex Smith's still playing who the heck knows at that point. But um, and you know, who knows how many AFC championships she's would have made, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to, I'm going to give him the full credit. Well, what I'm saying is had we started the podcast at the same time, they still would have been to five because it's about the magic we make. And I'm telling you that we don't make any magic is what I'm, is what I'm saying. And I, Ouch. I know with you, I have to, I have to, Ooh. I have to bluntly tell you and hit you over Jeez. the head with a hammer about it and through words. You can't That's you can't right. can't sugarcoat it and dance around Todd. You gotta you gotta uh, you gotta be aggressive on that stuff. <laughs> you know what? This conversation though is a good place to to kick things off because um, I I was struggling watching Bills Bengals last week because the Bengals thoroughly handled the Bills. Right? I wasn't struggling. I loved every second of it. Right, but I'm just saying I I would the part that I was struggling with was Jim Nance and Tony Romo acting like. This was completely unprecedented that an emotionally drained Buffalo team. How could they possibly be losing to Cincinnati? And I was like, like guys, Cincinnati did go to the, uh, the Super Bowl last year. Like, you know, they did win 12 football games this year, which is hard to do in the NFL. Um, and then on the other hand, the other part of the national narrative that you hear and have heard for the last, you know, since you know, last couple of months since the chiefs lost in Cincinnati in early December was, well, the Cincinnati's just got Kansas city's number. I mean, you know, they, they just, they just know how to play them. Like Kansas city just doesn't have any answer for, for Joe Burrow, uh, you know, in that offense. I mean that, you know, they just, uh, the, the Bengals are just, they're, they're the best team in the AFC because they, you know, the chiefs just don't know how to handle them. So I, I, I don't understand is Cincinnati like this disrespected plucky underdog, that nobody believes in, or are they a team that is so deeply in the heads of a team that is hosting the AFC championship game for the fifth straight year, unprecedented in NFL history, by the way, um, that, that the home team has no chance this weekend. I just wish that the, the national media would make up its mind. Cause I, I'm, I'm very confused right now. Well, I think a lot of the, a lot of the media probably had the bills picked as their Super Bowl champions. <laughs> Right. So uh, when that and, went out the window, I think that was in the just a full disclosure. Um, don't check my 2022 season predictions. Cause I might've had the bills, the, the, the Super Bowl champions as well. Oh, it's yes. a tough break, Todd. Do you, you know what I had in my final four? <laughs> um, probably the chiefs. 
They're one of them. <laughs> no, I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember off the top of okay. my head. I, I had Chiefs versus Ravens because I figured it was going to be somebody from the AFC North. Um, and I thought the Bills were soft back then, and then they proved me right. Um, and then I had the Eagles versus the Packers with the Chiefs beating the Packers in the Super Bowl. I I want to say I had Packers too, but I never uh, would have. I never would have picked. Uh, I never would have picked the Niners and and the Bengals. I totally get. I just didn't. I personally didn't think they'd be. I thought they'd have a Super Bowl hangover. Like I mean, I had them in the playoffs. They did I just didn't have them. Yeah, no, they did. Um, I mean, I had them in the playoffs, but I didn't have them winning, you know, their division and and getting to that level. I figured the Ravens would actually take them out, and you know, they came close. I'm not. I, I I'm I'm really not surprised that we're that we're back in this situation. Um, no, not at all. And 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 I don't think that this is the last AFC Championship game that will pit. Joe Burrow's Bengals against uh, Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs either. Um, I think that these teams will meet again um, you know, down the road, assuming both guys stay healthy and things like that. Um, yeah, what, 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 what I we... will say is I think the window for the Bengals is getting ready to close in its current form. Because right, they... they're going to have to pay Burrow, Jamar Chase. they got to figure out what they're going to do with T. Higgins. And then also with Tyler Boyd. And I don't think they're going to be able to keep that trio together. Doesn't mean Burrow is not going to be good. Doesn't mean the Bengals won't be good. It's just they're going to have to start drafting for their next wave of receiver and start developing them behind the guys because they're they're not going to be able to pay all for it. Because the thing that people keep forgetting is owners have to put the guaranteed money in an escrow. So like that's yeah. a lot of money. And if Burrow gets five hundred million, like I think he's going to, at least you know like that you know it's that's or two hundred fifty or two hundred fifty million or whatever it's going to be. Like that's a lot of money to put in escrow, and then you're going to want to keep Jamar Chase because of how rare he is. So then that's even more money in escrow. And I just don't think the Bengals owner likes to spend a lot of money, like a certain owner of the Chargers who decided to keep a head coach for another year because he's cheap. No matter what national media tells you for favors, I have heard that he is cheap and I've seen it. They're cheap. <laughs> no, th- yeah, there was no way Dean Spanos was paying the 16 to 20 million a year it was going to take to get Sean Payton. And I think there were only two jobs that Sean Payton was really, really, really interested in this, uh, yeah. this cycle. Um, I think it was there or in Denver. I'm not sure Denver's completely no, out of play. I, I'll tell you Denver. I don't think Denver was ever. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, you know, Houston may have been in there. I don't, I don't know that he, he there, there's no chance he was going to Carolina or, or sorry to Arizona. I don't think uh, I don't the think other job wants to go to Arizona. I don't think either job he actually wanted opened up. Let me put it that way. Well, yeah, da- I mean, Dallas is where ultimately he wants to be at, but he's going to have to wait another 26 years because uh, Jerry Jones wants uh, Mike McCarthy to have a Tom Landry-like career there. I don't so. know. I think, I think Jerry looked at numbers and what he what he may be getting rid of. Like, I don't want to pay all that on my payroll right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, uh, um, but uh, the the one that worried me was Sean Payton going to, to the uh, the Broncos um, or the Chargers, and it looks like uh, that has been averted. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think the Broncos, or I think the Broncos. I mean, I mean, I thought Dan Quinn had a chance, but when he announced he was going back to the Cowboys, probably with a pay raise, because he's going to keep doing that to him. Do get a pay raise, right? Um, then I, my, I, the guy, I kind of wonder if his name's going to start being linked to, it's going to be David Shaw at a previously Stanford. I think, see, I think it's going to be an NFL head coach. Ryan's. And I think, uh, I, I think if Ryan's goes anywhere, I think it's going to be the Texans. 
Maybe. I think the the Denver, I think, is a better job. Uh no, as, as currently a, constructed, but I do think I do absolutely think that when you watch what Russell Wilson did there um last season and you know the contract he's got and you know that that division includes Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert. I do think it's going to give some coaches pause about whether they actually want to go in there and try to join that fracas for the next, you know, decade, man. Uh, That's a hard job now. I think he gave a lot of coaches pause and that's why the job hasn't been filled yet. (laughs) Right. I I mean, cause they got the money they got, you know, like they, there's a lot of things going for Denver but the two things working against it are Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Oh, those and, cats aren't going anywhere. And Russell Wilson having well, a massive yeah. contract that he does that nobody can get out of for two years. And the fact he has his own office in the, in the building. Yeah, well, I mean, but Wilson, I mean, at, at some point that situation resolves itself in the next decade. Yeah, but You're if you got impatient owners, man. But if you got impatient owners in a locker room that that is not a fan of a quarterback – that turns into a problem real quick, and that oh, that head coach may not get that year three. Sure, but what gives you confidence that you're getting year two in Houston? They fired the last two guys after one year. I don't care. There's I wasn't comparing that, Houston to Denver. No, but I'm saying I said maybe no, you're like, like, hey, I just sit this one out for a little right. bit. But that's not that, and which is what apparently Sean Payton's done. But if I'm D'Amico Ryan's, I I may do the same thing. Um, you know, although I do think that the the yeah, you know, the defense and and stuff that in Denver, yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, if you've got your ambition going somewhere else and and you want the challenge as a defensive coach, uh, maybe maybe he's one of the rare sickos that would want to go against Mahomes and Herbert four times a year. Certainly possible. Um, I just look. I I don't I don't buy into the fact that Cincinnati are plucky underdogs. I don't buy into the fact they're disrespected. But you know what else I don't buy that they have the chiefs number, man. I, I, I don't think for a second that Steve Spagnolo or Andy Reed or Patrick Mahomes has been watching film or has been preparing this week and just threw their hands up and said, man, there's just nothing we can do to beat these guys. They're just better than us. I just, that's, there is literally no way on earth that that is the conversation happening at Arrowhead. I think they know that there's some things they've got to work on. I was loving the fact that Mike Hilton was, you know, bef- that that he was already, you know, talking about Burrowhead before they'd even left the field, uh, you know, in Buffalo and stuff like that. I was loving the fact that all the chirping and all the chattering and all their focus, um, you know, at least when they were talking in the media was where it was and that the Chiefs were not taking the bait this time around. It painted a picture for me of a team that uh, was – focused on the task at hand, understood what was going on. And, you know, like some, like Andy Reid and some of the guys that talked about when Pat got hurt in the first quarter, it kind of sharpened everyone a little bit, knowing that the, their margin for error was reduced. And I feel like that had kind of carried over into the week. Uh, and then Willie Gay just couldn't resist. Uh, and, uh, you know, when asked what impressed him about the Bengals offense, he said nothing. And here we are. Yeah, so uh, uh, twofold I go here. First, on the Mahomes thing about how players realize they didn't have as much of a margin, like that bothers me because you shouldn't have that mindset that there is a margin to begin with. Like if you don't play that way, maybe some of those games aren't that close. You know, have that type of mentality. You don't make Patrick Mahomes have to be extraordinary all the time. 
there's that part of it in my thought process, whether it's right or wrong, that's my thought process, not changing. Um, and the other aspect of it, yeah, no, when Willie Gay said it today, I was like, why? Why couldn't you, can you say, hey, they're a great team? Literally all you had to say, they're a great team. Do your talking say- on the field because in the coaches' film from the last game, guess what? You were out of position and coverage so much that they put the they put Harris in at linebacker because of how out of coverage you were on some of the middle of the field stuff that they were doing. And there was some tackling issues that they that the Bengals attacked in down in the flats, and they're going to again. And they're gonna and they're and and Jamar Chase responded to Willie's comments. And guess what? He was more gracious about it than Willie was, and so was Irwin. The other, uh, the fourth wide receiver. So it, it, I'm like, man, I'm. A, they were waiting for bullets and board material all week because that's what they thrive on. That's what the Bengals are about. They want that chip on their shoulder, and they've just been waiting for it all week. And a lot of your teammates were doing a great job not writing a check, and then you wrote the check, and now Mahomes has to try to cash it for you, or the, the Bengals are going to bounce it. Yeah, I mean, Justin Reed stepped in it in December. Um, he – got to the podium on Wednesday and, and uh, he was accepting no bait. <laughs> I was very proud of Justin. Yeah. Reed. You know, he did a great job <laughs> for, uh, for, for, uh, you know, his performance. He was just fine. Um, I, I also think at the end of the day, some of this stuff is a little overblown. Um, you know, I mean, I think, you know what, like we talked about the Bengals have an elite offense right now, the, the checks coming due here um, you know, pretty quick. Um, and that's going to change the calculus for those guys moving forward. I suspect they'll figure out a way to do it. I think kind of the sneaky, like undercurrent, like that just shows how contentious, um, this rivalry really is from the top down or really has become from the top down is the Chris Lamont's move. Um, the chiefs like wave him so they can activate Fortson or CEH and create that roster spot. They're going to use a standard out. They're going to re-sign him to the practice squad and use a standard elevation. That was easy to see. Like the minute they did it, like, you know, I called it like, ah, they're probably going to bring it back in the practice squad and use a standard elevation. Nobody panicked. And then the Bengals were like, nope, we're going to, we're going to pick him up on a deferred. I didn't even know that there, that deferred waiver claims was a thing Yeah, it and is. That, they could, that they could claim him and then say, it's not effective till after the super bowl, you know, and and I, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, you know, hey, look, they're looking for intel and stuff like that. I'm not sure if I'm Chris Lamont's. I'm in the mood to give him intel. You just kept me from playing in an AFC championship game in a Super Bowl. I'm kind of. But on the other hand, like if I'm if I'm, you know, the Chiefs, like I'm super irritated that, you know, Brett Veach was trying to sneak through one of his, uh, you know, one of his top special teams, core special teamers and. And they got bit, you know, I mean, so they're going to have to probably go to Marcus Kemp or something like that. Like that kind of gamesmanship, like is just highly, highly fascinating to me, but I don't think it was about trying to get Intel from Chris Lamont's. They've played three times in the last year. It was all about trying to get under the skin of Dave Tobe, Andy Reed and Brett Beach. Yeah, no, it was petty. Cause there's, there's teams that played the chiefs all year that didn't, wouldn't have cared if uh, Chris Lamont's was, Waved or not, it didn't. It didn't factor into their thing. They were just like, okay, you're gonna wave when there's core special team guys. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna claim them, and uh, then we're gonna they're gonna end up waving them after their season ends, one way or the other. And then that's that's gonna be that. So yeah, I mean, it, but the hey, I mean, 
I, I hate to say it this way, but I mean, like, he could still hypothetically get a Super Bowl ring for being on the Chiefs for most of the year. He just won't be able to participate in a conference championship. What? Uh, d- does he Bowl. get one? Does he technically get one if he's on? I mean, because he won't technically be on the Bengals on the day of the Super Bowl. So, but he um, will. Be, I don't know. Well, it, from a Chiefs perspective, the fact he was on the roster, they, like they that, would give it to him. Yes. yes. I just don't know. The he Bengals, could get no. One Regardless, I'm going to be irritated now if I'm Chris LeMond's that no matter whether I get a Super Bowl ring or not, I'm not going to get to play in the conference championship game or the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's an unfortunate set of circumstances there. But when that happened, I was like, okay, the Bengals sent out another, uh, they sent out another one of their flexes. So, yeah, no, I mean, Chiefs Bengals is starting to turn out, depending on how this game goes, this is turning into quite the rivalry that may may make fan bases uh, a little bit more uh, chirpy towards each other down the road here, even more so than a Broncos, Chargers, Raiders type of aspect against the Chiefs. Yeah, no, it'll be a good time. I, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, man. We're 17 minutes in the same. We still haven't talked about Pat Mahomes' ankle. That's impressive. I want to. I, I don't know. I, I want to talk to Brittany. Uh, but yeah, well, here's and here. Look, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Um, I'm, I, I'm not worried about his ankle. I, I told everybody after the game there, there was no swelling and he wasn't wearing a boot or anything. If there was even a hint that there was a, a serious, significant issue there, there's no way they would have let him walk around without a boot on after the game. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess give credit to Bobby Stroop and the, the off-season work they do to, to uh, you know, to keep Pat flexible and and, and uh, you know help uh, Pat Mahomes weather these kind of injuries, man. Because, um, like it's crazy. I mean, most guys would be out for a month uh, after what happened to his foot and knee, um, and he missed what a drive, um, and doesn't appear to have any more tape on it or any more, you know, uh, anything on it, you know, and he talked about his, uh, his rehab regimen coming in early, um, you know, getting rehab a couple times before and after practice. And then again, in the evening and wearing devices at night and stuff like that. But there was zero chance in my mind that Pat Mahomes was not playing in this football game one way or another. The question was always, was he, you know, how, how limited, how gimpy, whatever, we don't get to see full practice or anything like that, but uh, I'm I'm not very concerned about that at this point. <clears throat> and uh, betters apparently aren't either because the Chiefs opened as favorites. It quickly got bet to a Bengals favorite, and now the Chiefs are favored again. Uh, you know, at some sports books because now that people have seen that Pat Mahomes is healthy and walking around just or relatively healthy and walking around just fine, um, that that money's come back on the Chiefs side. Yeah, I mean, with Mahomes, I just kind of want to see how he's moving around laterally and how how much weight he'd be able to put on that ankle and how it would do and everything. So seeing him do some of the stretch stuff that he was doing and being able to fully put weight and, and lean forward like he did on some of those stretches, I know from experience how much weight you're putting on doing that. So the fact he didn't have any of that issue was good. Um, and then when he's doing handoffs on Thursday – and being able to kind of roll out like you wouldn't a bootleg or a rollout aspect of it. Um, that, that was really encouraging from a lateral perspective and then watching him jog on Wednesday and then being able to step down from a podium and put his full weight on it and everything. And I have to be cautious about it 
that was impressive too. So, but like you said, I mean, between Rick Burkholder and the Chiefs training staff, and Bobby as his, as his trainer, his personal trainer in the offseason, and do, working with him in the way he has to make him pliable and flexible, and all that stuff. That's a tribute to what what he does because there's a lot of other people in the league that if those things happen to, like, there's a chance if that if Patrick Mahomes' injury happened to some other people, some other quarterbacks or some other players, there's a chance that they'd be out months with something that's broken or, you know, not, or, or something that could have careered them type of thing. And he just had a, uh, the, as they call it, a high ankle sprain that somehow looks a lot better than you would anticipate for, for somebody headed into uh, this game. It must be nice to be young. Cause I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd be sidelined for, for three years. Uh, if I had a man land on my foot the way, <laughs> Well, I mean, if you want me to come down there and test it out later, I can land on your foot and we'll see how it works out. Um, why don't we do it to Mick instead? We'll do it to Mick Schaefer, the sports director at KSHB. No, that's a solid pass. I'm not doing that one. <laughs> I think I could get me fired. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, okay, so um, give me your biggest concern or concerns, though, coming into this game for the Chiefs. Like, um, is it still Mahomes' ankle? Where does that rank? Or And, and if not, what are your biggest concerns? Uh, Chiefs offensive line for Mahomes ankle. Um, that's my number one. And that's how is Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley going to do? And how can they perform against that Bengals uh, front? And the blitz is coming off the edge whenever Mike Hilton or maybe one of the other safeties or another corner comes down there to blitz from their spot 10 yards away um, based on the formations and what they think the Chiefs are going to do. I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a big part of it is how Orlando Brown performs, how Wiley performs. Do they give Mahomes the necessary time, whether it's three, four, or five players rushing, or do they do they show a simulated blitz and actually bring the blitz, or how they approach it and try to test out that ankle? That'll be intriguing on that aspect. So that's my biggest one. Uh, second biggest one for me is going to be the Chiefs' defensive line. Like, what does the Chiefs' defensive line are they able to get the necessary pressure, especially if the field's nice and doesn't have the snow that we're not that's not being projected anymore? Are they able to really do some damage to that Bengals offensive line that isn't the same it was even four or five weeks ago, especially at the tackle spots and at the right guard position with Kappa? And we'll see how Ted Karras does at center since he messed up his knee in that Bills game and just tried to struggle through it, how long he's able to last through that game. So, I mean, they'll have a depleted offensive line. We'll see what they're able to do. And then the other half of that is going to be, for me, is going to be that Chiefs run defense. How do they perform against Joe Mixon and then Perrine? Um, I think that's that's going to be a big part of that aspect of it is just because they're, they ran the ball for over 170 against the Bills. And, and, you know, I know it was in the snow, but that Chiefs run defense did not look very good against the Jaguars. And there's holes in there for the Bengals to be able to run if the Chiefs aren't physical enough. And with the way the Chiefs linebackers bite down, if they're helping in run support, that's going to open some play action pass stuff middle of the field. And there's also going to be some times that the Chiefs drop back in the zone that they'll check it down to the running backs or a tight end delay, and the Chiefs got to be able to tackle. So I mean, all those things have been running in my head all week, and those those are the things that make me that make me nervous about this game. Yeah, they've absolutely got to be able to uh, to tackle that. That's the that's job one for the defense. Um, you know, because that that's true in the run. Or when they get to the quarterback and need to get Joe Burrow on the ground, right? Like we saw that last year. Um, so get the guys on the ground when you have the opportunity. Um, that that's I mean, it sounds easy to say, but that is like 
that's the essence of, of defense, right? Like trust your eyes, be in the right spot and then get the guy on the ground. And that's the other thing is the linebackers trust in their eyes and not allowing, you know, Burrow to manipulate them. Um, you know, and that's easier said than done. I'm not saying that I could do it right, but uh, I'm also not getting paid a couple million dollars a year to do it. Um, and yeah, this is, this is when the chiefs need to do it. I, I do think, um, when you look at, I do think that stopping the run, you know, I mean, the, the first meeting between the, the chiefs and Bengals, um, a couple of years ago in the regular season, that 34, 31 game, you know, the chiefs were up 14, um, at a couple points in the first half. Um, and, and, uh, you know, that, that game was fairly even, but the Bengals, the last two games, um, have gone, 15 for 25 on third down and they've had more than 32 minutes uh, of time of possession both times. And and that's in part a tribute to them being able to control the clock with the run, keep themselves on schedule so that Joe Burrow and that passing offense get a lot of third and shorts. And it opens up, you know, pretty much all levels and it keeps the entire playbook open. The chiefs need to have a little bit more success on the early downs. I think, um, and to force them into a little bit, uh, you know, third and longer situations and, um, and, and, and find some success there. Um, you know, I, I think that'll be key. And then can they establish the run themselves, maybe flip the script a little bit and take some of the pressure off Mahomes early? Um, you know, and then I think that could open some things up. Um, I, I do think that the Bengals offense is a better unit than the chiefs are as a defense. So this is the kind of, uh, like I trust them more um, from a consistency standpoint and from a personnel standpoint, you know, you got a lot of young guys in the secondary. This is the game where you want to see the uh, 101 awards, AFC defensive player of the year show up and show out. This would be a great game for uh, Chris Jones to get his first sack and, and maybe a little redemption for last year. Yeah, and the other parts I the other thing I'm I'm intrigued to watch for the Chiefs is gonna be how do they handle when the Bengals take away Travis Kelsey? Because I think the Bengals yeah. are gonna get physical with him just like the Patriots did, and I think they're gonna hit Kelsey a lot. I think they're gonna bracket him a lot, especially on third downs and some of the other key downs where the Chiefs need to make a play. I think they're gonna try to take Kelsey away. I think they're okay using three guys if they have to at some point. Like I I think they'll be okay with that or dropping a defensive lineman in the middle of the field. If they think uh, Kelsey's going to come over there on like a slant or crosser or like a hook route or something like that. I can see them doing that as well. So I, I who's going to be the guy who steps up and makes the play when the Bengals take Kelsey away? Like who's, who's going to be that person. That's, that's one of the questions I have. Um, another thing I'm really intrigued to see is the chiefs, how much they use 13 personnel or do they get crazy and maybe bring Jody Fortson uh, off of, Activate them to the 53 and have 14 personnel. Like, I mean, you know, the Bengals, they don't, they're not, they don't do very well against three tight end sets. So I'm very intrigued to see if the Chiefs can get physical and run the ball with their 13 personnel. And that may be one of the answers to get Kelsey open is change it up with 13 personnel. So that's something that the Bengals just really, or even 14 personnel, because the Chiefs have four tight ends that are all athletic enough to cause problems as if they would be receivers and Noah Gray, Fortson, and Kelsey. So, it's very intriguing for me across the board on those on those aspects and what the Chiefs are able to do. And then lastly, I'm curious to see if the corners uh, get physical with their press coverage. Do they try to play zone like they did last time on a handful of them? Or does Steve Spagnuolo trust his corners more 
to really kind of let McDuffie go against Chase, maybe let Snead go against Higgins, and then give, you know, Jalen Watson, Tyler Boyd, or how they how they approach that type of stuff. I just I mean, this is the game where look, it's this is it. You want to win this. This is the conference championship online. Get into the Super Bowls on the line right now. You've got to put everything out there and you got to do everything you got to do to win. Yeah, and the Chiefs, they have Blake Bell back as well. Kadarius Tony didn't play in that game back in December, nor did McCole Hardman Jr. Um, you know, and those guys bring an element to to the offense that that frankly no one else does. And well, I like I'm not counting on McCole. If if McCole plays and is anywhere near his usual self, then count that as a bonus and chalk, you know, chalk that up as as uh, you know, the cherry on top for the Chiefs yeah. offense. But I, I think this has got to be a Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith Schuster game. This is where, um, you know, you need to see those guys step up. Marquez Valdez Scantling actually had a couple catches for 71 yards in that December meeting as well. If he can give you any he, but I look at that a little bit like McCole Hardman. If, if, if Hardman plays and he does and he, and he makes an impact. And if Marquez Valdez Scantling is making an impact, I think the chiefs are moving on. Cause I think that means that offense is humming. Um, you know, um, but I, I think, uh, you know, you asked, you know, you talked about Kelsey and they did a great job against him in the previous meeting that he was limited to four catches for 56 yards. Um, I think, um, you know, you're going to have to see Juju Smith Schuster, um, you know, and Kadarius Tony step up in big ways. Maybe, maybe Jarek McKinnon, if they don't have to use him in pass pro can make some plays in the flats and in the passing game as well. We saw what a weapon he was in the red zone there in December, early January. Um, and I, I look, they're not, the chiefs aren't going to reinvent the wheel. Neither are the Bengals. It's just about who goes out and plays the best on Sunday. Um, and you hope this time around it's the chiefs for four quarters instead of two. Yeah. And then the other kicker is going to be how many possessions do the chiefs get? Um, Cause in their, in their regular season game last year, they got nine and this past one this year, they technically had, they technically had eight, but it's really more of seven because, like, they didn't, you know, they didn't really try to push it down the field. I mean, technically, you can say that they had eight if you want to, and that's not technically wrong. It's just like they weren't really trying to score on that drive. And then in the AFC Championship, they ended up, let's see, one, two, three. They had 10 in regulation, and then they had a, the 11th one in overtime. So, but I mean, each, each three of those games came down to the fact that, like, the bank, the Bengals, like they've held on to the ball a lot more than people give them credit for. So that's where the Chiefs, maybe it benefits them to run the ball more this time around to be able to keep Burrow and that dynamic uh, wide receiving group kind of off the field a little bit more and, and do their best to keep them out of rhythm. Yeah, I think this is one of the few personnel groups that can kind of replicate the 2018, 2019, 2020 Chiefs where yeah. you maybe do have to rethink the way you approach the game a little bit um, cause you want to limit the number of, of times they get to, to take a shot at your defense. Um, cause they're that good. They are, they are absolutely that good. I really feel like this is a coin flip game. I, um, I, I don't have a strong feeling either way about how this one's going to go. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think the chiefs being at home and, and, you know, growing up in Kansas city, obviously, you know, um, you know, you know where my heart's at. Um, but. Um, look, I, I mean, the Bengals have shown that they're capable of beating the chiefs. I think the chiefs are absolutely capable of flipping the script. I mean, it's been three, three point games. It's not like they've been dominated in any of these games. Um, and I don't think they're going to be dominated this weekend either. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the key points is that the Chiefs have always had something that's happened, some some hiccups along the way, because if you think about it, in that first game, it was the – in the first game, it was Zane Anderson uh, getting <laughs> getting that holding call and the kick return that was going to go for a touchdown. And then Tyreek dropped the ball that he almost could have had for a touchdown or, you know, that Mahomes would have got to him halfway down the field and then they maybe kick a field goal. And the Chiefs, you know, they they kicked a field goal after that, and that was their that was all they did in the second half of that football game. And you take the AFC Championship, you know, the play with Tyreek that that he should have been in the end zone if he runs his route the way that it needs to be done. And Eli Apple can't come across and get through traffic like that changes the dynamic of that game. And then this past one, you know, Kelsey's fumble loomed large, and then so did. The Bengals running that hurry up to get out there and get their running back on across the flats, and there were some blown coverages in a couple spots that the Chiefs secondary had, and it's just it's just two, it's like two or three minor mistakes or two or three mistakes, and that was all the Bengals needed because they played, you know, they they didn't make as many each time, so that's that's a big part of it to where the Chiefs they I mean they're in a position where they got to play as they got to play a perfect game, and you know they may not get there, but they have the mentality to be that way. Because that's what the Bengals do, and the Bengals have stepped their game up each time that they face the Chiefs and tried to play as close to the perfect game as they can. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Look, I, I will say this: Chris Jones, Carlos Dunlap, Frank Clark, George Karloftis. You look at the production they had in that December meeting in Cincinnati; they all played well. Um, they're going to be face facing a more beat up offensive line. I know we've said in the past that that the Bengals offensive line, the Chiefs should be able to get them. Um, I think, look, they haven't in the past, but I think this Chiefs defensive line is, is different, is playing better. And I think that this may be the, the, the time when the Chiefs actually make it happen and are able to get to Joe Burrow a little bit more. Um, you know, and if that's the case, um, then, then you got to like their chances because, um, you know, they haven't been able to, really get to him, um, you know, in, in previous matchups. So, um, you know, I mean, I think that's going to be the key is can the secondary hold up long enough to give the pass rush a chance to get there? And can those guys get him on the ground before Burrow gets a chance to, to get to his second reaction plays when the secondary for the chiefs is going to be uh, in trouble? Yeah. I'm just saying the only key that I see for the chiefs defense is, don't bring more than five. Burrow Barney, if you bring more than five, he knows where to go with that football. And unless you're confusing him in the secondary, which I don't, I know the Chiefs, on my opinion, I don't think they've really been able to to this point. Like if you bring more than five, you're you're asking for him to hit you on a big play. Yeah, the last two meetings, uh, AFC Championship game last year, and then the meeting earlier this year, the Chiefs only had one sack. They're going to need to do better than that, I think. Um, you want the stat I had, I ran on the show this week? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. When Joe Burrow is sacked less than five times in a game, five or five or less, they were 14 and one this season. When he was sacked five times or more, they were 0 and three. That's tall order, but you want to, you want to go to Super Bowl or not? Well, but, I, but I also think, the chiefs, you know, assuming Patrick Mahomes is healthy, um, he's worth what? Two, three sacks. I don't know. We'll find out on Sunday. <laughs> All right. Indeed we will. Um, and, uh, 
But man, I got nothing else. I'm excited for this one. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I got to see one of these in like my first, you know, 40 years on the planet. So I'm pretty, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not over it yet. I, I, I'm still excited to see these. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm, I'm hoping everything goes well. I'm hoping Chiefs come away with the victory and they're on to another Super Bowl this time in Arizona. I hope all that happens. I mean, I think the game is going to be within three points, no matter what it is. So, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, because I, you know, the Bengals have a really good roster and they're a really well coached team. And the other thing I will say is like, this is kind of the, this is, this chance, this game has a chance to be a legacy game. I know this sounds weird to say, but like the Bengals want to be, they want to truly be the top dog and they have to win this game to be the top dog. Because if they're not, then the Chiefs hold on to the mantle and, you know, the, and, and the Bengals got to go out and they got to go win a Super Bowl too on top of it. So like this game, this is the game that kind of puts Joe Burrow on top in the national media if they win. And then if he wins a Super Bowl, it definitely puts him on top. And then people are are swooning about Burrow nationally the way they have about Mahomes for the past handful of years. And on the other end of the spectrum, if the Chiefs don't make it, that's their fifth AFC championship at home. They will have they will have gone to two Super Bowls, only won one of them. And then that's going to be the national narrative or the national opinion is going to be that the, the Chiefs just can't get it done, even though they've won a Super Bowl and been all those consecutive conference championships. And, and in that regard, too, That'll be a reality check. I think this game, no matter how it goes, is a reality check for what the Chiefs still need to do roster-wise to make sure a game isn't this close and, you know, that it's kind of a coin toss down the road. I think that's the other thing is it's going to show the Chiefs, hey, we need to work on these roster spots. I think they already know, but I think this solidifies what they need to do compared to what the Bengals do in this game. Yeah, I mean – if the Chiefs win and if the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, I think you can have – a dynasty conversation because that would be three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowls, five consecutive AFC championships, and you've still got a, a a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes who I'm not even sure he's entered his prime yet, right? Like I mean, no, yeah. I, I, I mean he's he's still an ascending player, um, and so um, yeah, that doesn't mean that they're going to win the Super Bowl every year, but but we've talked about this before; they're going to be in that conversation, uh, and this is this is one of those chances that look, it's hard to get to this position. Um, and, and, and you want to capitalize on those moments, um, you know, and, and leave no doubt. Um, but look, the Bengals are in that spot too. They've never won a Super Bowl in the history of the franchise. Like they've got the same kind of motivation. Um, so now it's going to come down to, um, you know, which combination of coaches and players win. I'll tell you what, um, I'm a, uh, I like Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid as a combination. I'll just put it that way. Well, and the fact that Andy's got one extra day, and for from that perspective, and the Chiefs coaching staff had an extra day, and then on top of it, for Patrick Mahomes to have an extra day and a half to be able to kind of rest that ankle after the Saturday game he had all of Sunday, and then he's got half a Sunday um, of the conference championship to kind of before he goes out there and puts it through strenuous work and everything. All that combined, you're, you're hoping that helps, and you're hoping that the Bengals had to play a tough physical Ravens team and had to go on the road and play the Bills. You're hoping that they just don't have as much energy in the tank as the as the Chiefs uh, as the Chiefs do by having one you know one extra game. So in that regard, I mean, you're this is this is why you wanted the one seed because right. you only had to go through one team. You didn't have to go through both of them. So the Bengals got to go through both of them, 
And look, the Bengals are a good team. They may get through it, and then you got to tip your cap to them if that ends up being the case because they went through a gauntlet to get to that Super Bowl. So, I mean, like that'll, that'll be a tip of the cap to them. So, again, it's a very intriguing game. It's one of the more intriguing AFC Conference championships, I think, since the Chiefs-Patriots in the first one. And, you know, I mean, the Bengals the Bengals have arrived, whether they want to admit it or keep that chip on their shoulder. Like, oh, they're, yeah. Yeah, they they're up in the upper echelon because nobody was talking about the Bills this week. You're talking about how the Bengals just kind of took that number two seat and they're trying to take the number one yeah. seat now. Yeah, one other thing that I think is worth mentioning is Ron Torbert and his crew, because I I think that that could play a sneaky big role in the game. If they let the guys get away, you know, if the Chiefs decide to play man, they let them get away with, with, you know, some pushing and grabbing and hand fighting and stuff like that. I think that plays to the, the Chiefs' advantage. They've got some physical guys. If if they're calling, if, the, if, if Torbert's crew's calling a really tight game, though, I think that uh, you know, the, the chiefs have a tendency to get frustrated. I think, I think that's one of the few things that can really knock Andy Reed off of his game and get him a little frustrated sometimes is if he feels like the, the officials are inserting themselves too much in the game. So I do, I hope that they kind of let the guys play um, rather than, um, you know, make it the Doug sermon show. Like we see in the big 12 basketball so often. We shall see you, Todd. Yep. Um, last shout out goes to Brittany Mahomes for, uh, for, uh, taking care of Sterling and bronze since Patrick's had to be, uh, in, in the office getting treatment extra this week. You know how I feel about that. You know, take care kids. <laughs>